2: What's up Raider Nation? Welcome in the Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. August 23rd, 2021. Your boy Q here with you uh, after a very exciting weekend in Southern California. L.A. was the scene, as a matter of fact, SoFi Stadium. The Raiders took on the Rams for preseason game number two, came away with a 17-16 victory. And of course, wins and losses don't matter in the preseason, but there's a lot to take away from the weekend. There's a lot to take away from the game. There's just a lot to get to when it comes to Raiders football. So uh, let's go ahead and get right into it. Segment number three of today's show, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. You know the number, 707-654-4693. Coming up with segment number two, I'm really going to turn my attention to just the overall reaction of the game. You know, the people that I thought stood out, good, bad, or ugly. Really doesn't matter, you know, any of the thoughts that I really had uh, following that game again at SoFi Stadium Saturday night uh, in L.A. was the scene. So that's all coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, kind of news and notes collected over the weekend as well as some of the media session following the game on Saturday night. So you'll hear from John Gruden, you'll hear from Marcel Aitman, you'll hear from Nate Hobbs, amongst others. Uh, So that's all coming up in segment number one. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And off top, it was a lot of fun to be able to get into the car uh, following my show on Friday afternoon, kind of slash evening. Did a little extended show at Treasure Island, uh, the Golden Circle Sportsbook, and then uh, got the family in the car and were able to ride down to LA uh, for that game on Saturday. But I'll tell you right now, Raider Nation, you want to talk about someone who's blessed? I am absolutely 100% blessed being able to spend the the whole day. Basically, on Saturday, uh, we were out there in Santa Monica, we were out there in Venice Beach. We just, I mean, we had a whole lot of fun. Uh, was able to take 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 the wife, uh, our daughter, take little Q. I mean, we all just kind of had a really good time out there uh, on the beach and and being in L.A. and everything and just a a whole lot of fun. And then at the end of the day, I get to cover a a game, you know, a a Raider game, even though it's a preseason game still uh, to be able to be there at SoFi Stadium and check out that brand new stadium as well. Of course, it's only a couple years old and it's going to be the site of the Super Bowl this upcoming year so I uh, was blessed to be able to, to witness that but I'm telling you man to be able to go out there and hang out and enjoy them, my time and then after the game drive right back to Las Vegas and, and get back to the house I'm telling it doesn't get too much better than that but let me tell you about the stadium because a lot of people hit me up and said Q what's it like and I walked around the, the tailgate areas I kind of walked around just to want to see uh, how much Raider Nation was representing and look when you're playing the Rams in LA you're going to get a lot of Rams fan. I know a lot of people were talking about about, all oh, the Raiders took over SoFi Stadium. Not really. It wasn't really a complete takeover. I mean, there was a lot of Raider fans there. Don't get me wrong. Raider Nation represented in a major way. Looked really good. But the tailgate area, and if you follow me on Twitter, at your boy Q254, you can see some of the videos. I put out some videos of the tailgate area. Uh, there was a ton of Rams fans there. There was a ton of Raider fans there. So it's great. It's great to see that kind of representation. And I really encourage all the Raider fans that are in L.A. to make your way to Vegas. Make your way to Vegas and go to Allegiant Stadium and have a great time because that is your home. Just like I encourage all the Raider fans from Oakland to make it to Las Vegas and go to Legion Stadium, that is your new home. I mean, I'm just telling you, that's that's what you want to do. You want to be there and enjoy these facilities. Uh, but I think Raider Nation did a heck of a job. I walked around the stadium, took a few videos, especially during halftime, just to check it out, and uh, I thought it was great. And that stadium is awesome. A lot of people say, Q, what stadium is better, Allegiant Stadium or SoFi? Look, there are two different entities, all right? Uh, SoFi Stadium is huge. I couldn't tell you how many people could fit in that stadium. It's got to be close to 90-something thousand. It's a huge stadium, but it is confusing as hell. It is so damn confusing. You're walking, uh, and it's not like the Coliseum. It's not like any other stadium. It's not like Allegiant Stadium where you could basically walk in a circle. You're walking, then all of a sudden you come to a dead end. Then you got to go inside. Then you got to walk a little bit. Then you got to go back outside. Then you got to go up some stairs. Then you got to go down some stairs. I got so lost and turned around in that stadium. It was just nuts. And then folks who complained about the parking in Allegiant Stadium, I'll tell you right now, the parking at SoFi Stadium absolute disaster now not saying it can't get better but it was an absolute disaster i on saturday when the raiders played the seahawks preseason game number one i did the i watched the game i covered the game then i went and did the media session and then i went out to the parking lot myself and little q went out to the parking lot and went right to our car and then rolled out man when i did the post-game media session following the raiders and the rams i went out to the parking lot thinking it was going to be empty And the parking lot was packed. Wall to wall, everybody was there. It took me about another 45 minutes to an hour to get out of the parking lot. And that was the worst part. From our hotel in Santa Monica, it took me 20 minutes to get to SoFi Stadium. It took me another hour to actually find My parking spot in the red lot, which there's not one sign at all that says the red lot. I mean, it was very difficult. Now, I'm not saying they can't get better. I can't. I'm not saying that they're not going to go back to the lab and figure things out to make it a lot smoother. But, man, I'll tell you, you want to talk about a disaster trying to get into the stadium out? That's SoFi Stadium. But still, all in all, very nice building. And it's going to be the host of uh, the Super Bowl coming up this year. Now. Want to jump into the game and some of the takeaways. And, of course, we're going to deep dive into it in segment number two. But injuries. Injuries is always something that you worry about in the preseason. Javen White, the undrafted free agent out of UNLV, he went down with what looks like a significant knee injury. And then Nicholas Morrow, he was out already. He, uh, he went out with a foot injury earlier in the week when they were doing the joint practices against the Rams. So here's John Gruden following the game just talking about those key
0: injuries. Well, there's a concern, obviously, with Nick Morrow. Uh, his foot, he's being evaluated. And Javen White uh, looks like he hurt his knee. So uh, we were out. uh, A couple linebackers, uh, Lee couldn't play tonight. Uh, So we're we're light at linebacker right now. It's a concern. And I don't know, was there another guy you asked about? Javen was having a nice camp. Yeah, and uh, I don't want to make any... You know, I don't want to come to any conclusions, but we're going to evaluate him. He's got to get the x-rays, but uh, we are concerned.
2: So right there, John Gruden's kind of update on Javen White. Uh, he went out with a knee injury. Uh, it looked like it was pretty bad. I know he was crying. He had a towel on his head when he went out. That sucks. I hate that for him. I hate that for anybody, but uh, really a guy like that that I'm kind of pulling for just because of everything that he's trying to overcome to get out there on the field and being an undrafted free agent. And uh looked like he was having a really good camp and playing well. Even earlier in the game, he was playing really well. Then to go out with that knee injury just really sucks. Uh, We'll see what happens. Uh, There's been no kind of conclusion yet on what the injury is, but uh, if it's significant, don't be shocked if the Raiders go out and put a full court press on KJ Wright to go get him in the mix because their linebacking core is very thin. Now Marcus Mariota, he was supposed to play on Saturday. He did not play. Nathan Peterman went the whole game again and Mariota and injuries are starting to become a thing but
0: John Gruden was asked after the game about Marcus Mariota
2: and why he didn't play. He
0: competed against the Rams but he's limited. You know We're not calling plays for him right now with, with the lack of limitation. He's got a quad strain. We think he's got a chance chance to play against the 49ers but the way he plays uh, we do not want to get him out in a live situation and let him cut it loose he's just not ready to go and um, he was ready tonight on an emergency basis but right now he's just not ready to go. So there's
2: John Gruden explaining why Marcus Mariota was not in the game. I got plenty of tweets throughout the course of the game. How come Marcus ain't in? How come Marcus ain't in? Why is Nate Peterman in there? I'll tell you right now, Nate Peterman is getting a lot of guys at least talking about him at the very end of the day. We'll talk about more uh, when it comes to Peterman in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. I did want to get to a couple quick sound bites. And how about John Gruden opening up the press conference, uh, just giving his normal opening statement. But then he brings up Nate Hobbs and he brings him up unsolicited here he is John Gruden
0: it was an exciting game wasn't always pretty really proud of our players we got here Tuesday we've been um in a hotel we've had great camaraderie we had to compete with the Rams for, for uh, a couple days on the practice field and a lot of people got a chance to to compete It'd be a great film for us to look at and uh, I'd like to say Nate Hobbs did a great job for us we've got a fine young defender there and uh, I'll be happy to answer any questions I can.
2: Now, I only included that soundbite because I thought it was significant, especially when I was sitting there at a media session, and he brings up Nate Hobbs without anybody asking about him. So, of course, that opened things up for people to ask about Nate Hobbs, who's been getting a lot of headlines, not only from me, but from everyone so far in uh, the preseason and, of course, training camp. So here's John Gruden talking about the versatility of Nate Hobbs and how he's exceeding expectations. Kind of a double question here about Nate Hobbs.
0: Yeah, if you watch it carefully, he played nickel to start the game and did excellent there. And then um, we moved him outside. We have some corners hurt. Damon Arnett couldn't go tonight. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon went went out early. So he went outside and played very well and made some impact plays. And I don't usually give out game balls for preseason victories, but – Nate Hobbs got one tonight. Well-deserved. Would you say that uh, Hobbs has surpassed even your expectations of what you saw from him when you drafted him? Yeah, I would. I would say that um, I'm really proud of him. I'm really excited to see what he does in his future. I think we tried to summarize him a couple days ago. He has the it factor. He, He rarely makes the same mistake twice. He loves football. He eats it up. And he's he's one of the energizers of our defense. He's walked in here and given us a lot of skills that we can utilize. Certainly. So there's John
2: Gruden right there talking about Nate Hobbs. And you can clearly hear that he's very pleased with what they have out of the fifth round pick out of Illinois. And I mean, I just, I don't want to kind of, uh, you know, wear out this or beat a dead horse, but Nate Hobbs has not only made this 53 man roster, but he's going to be a starter in 2021 for the Raiders. He's at least going to man that slot position. So I moved on and decided I wanted to ask about Darius Philon. He's a guy who, uh, Blocked a field goal late in the game on Saturday. I thought that was a big-time play. Only because when you block field goals, that's just want to. That has nothing to do with certain skill set. That's just all about want to. And when he got that hand on the ball, thought that was big. So you'll hear me ask John Gruden about Phylon, and then he starts talking about the defensive tackle position, which he sounds like he's pretty pleased with right now. Check it out. Coach, what do you see from uh, Phylon? He tipped a field goal attempt late in the game. Yeah,
0: Phylon is uh, he's, he's in the mix, for a lot of playing time. He can play nose. He can play three technique. We're going to get Gerald McCoy on the grass this year for the first time. So with Solomon Thomas, Quentin Jefferson, Phylon, McCoy, we have a chance to improve our inside rush, which is something that uh, we have to do in this league. So... I think Phylon has done well, consistently well, another big play tonight.
2: So there you go right there, and John Gruden saying what we already know is that defensive tackle position, they've got to find a way to get some pressure up the gut, regardless if it's Phylon, if it's Thomas, who it is, someone Hankins, someone's got to be able to get pressure up the gut. Uh, you cannot allow a quarterback to be able to step up into the pocket and deliver the ball. Uh, yeah, you can have Ngakwe, you can have Crosby, you can have whoever you want screaming in off the edges, but you've got to have that presence up the middle to be able to collapse that pocket, and Phylon He's been looking like he's a man on a mission. I really do like what I've seen from him, and you can clearly hear that John Gruden did as well and said he's in the mix for a lot of playing time. So Phylon's another guy you could pencil in as a, a dude who made the roster. Now, before I get to my next soundbite, I wanted to read this next text because it kind of all goes together with the next soundbite that you're going to hear, and you're going to hear it from wide receiver Marcel Aitman. But got a text from Raider Matt in the OC. He said, Q, new booty here. Raider Matt in OC, how do you feel about another scuffle breaking out at the Raiders-Rams practice? I love it. Shows this team has swagger. This team believes they are contenders and has proven itself these last two days. Raiders got their swagger back. Let me know what you think. Love the show and appreciate what you do. So I bring this up, and this was a a text that I believe that Raider Matt sent on Thursday following the uh, second day of joint practice with the Raiders and the Rams, but I saved it and held on to it, and I'm glad I did because I asked Marcel Aitman following the game on Saturday about this team. I've been talking a lot about how this team just feels different to me, and this is, uh, again, from a distance. This is just a guy who, you know, has been watching the team as a fan, obviously covering them for a long time. Just feels different. Well, Marcel Aitman has been on this team for a while. He had a nice touchdown catch that he had on Saturday night. So I asked him. You'll hear my question, and then you'll hear my follow-up as well about this team being different. So here's my question to Marcel Aitman. You've been on this team for a while now. What does it feel like when you see the guys out there fighting for each other, even, like, earlier in the week for joint practices?
1: It's good, man. We just – we're coming together, and, and, you know, we just – putting the pieces together um, a day at a time. And, and practice, we, we really, we push each other a lot. And uh, just to see how we going out there and and, and just pushing each other and, and making sure that we, we make plays. It's what we practice every day though, so. Does
2: something feel different about this team? It does.
1: Yeah. Um, just a lot of energy. We have confidence in each other. Um, we love each other, man, and just how we come together even before all OTAs during training camp it's it's been it's been different than from Recent years being
2: here, so I included that not because I asked the question, but because I've been talking about that so much that this team feels different. I'm trying to, you know, uh, kind of temper my expectations, and I don't want to hype this up too much. I know a lot of folks have been saying, "Q, you, you got me. I'm sold." You know, but uh, you know, a guy's been there four years in Marcel Aitman, I asked him. That's why I asked him that. You know, hey, what's what's the what's the deal with this team? Uh, you guys are out there fighting for each other. You know, Josh Jacobson mentioned that that was a good thing, and then hey, straight up, does this team feel different? You. Heard hurt him I don't expect a lot from Marcel Eightman on the field if he even gets on the field in 2021 I really don't I mean I would not be shocked if he's just basically a camp body slash practice squad dude I mean just I mean you kind of know who Marcel Eightman is but as a guy who's been on the team as long as he has I thought it was important to ask that question and I thought that that answer was basically what we've been talking about here on the podcast quite a bit that what we're saying and what we're seeing even from a distance We're kind of on to something. So I thought that that was very significant, and that was a reason to definitely kind of close out segment number one with that soundbite. Coming up in segment number two, I'll give you my overall reactions to preseason game number two. Who stood out to me, good, bad, or ugly? And, uh, you know, what are my thoughts on the team as they prepare for preseason game number three, the final preseason game of the 2021 season versus San Francisco 49ers up in Santa Clara next Sunday. So uh, before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about our good friends at betonline.ag. And, of course, it is that time of year again. All eyes are on football, talking college football, talking NFL football. It is the number one spot, talking about BetOnline.ag, for all the action this season. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest that's open right now at BetOnline.ag. Go to the website, use your mobile device or your laptop, sign up today, and you'll receive 100% Welcome bonus. Not a 50% welcome bonus, 100% welcome bonus. Whatever you put in, you'll receive 100% of that on top of that. You put $200 in, you'll get $200 welcome bonus on top of that. You got to use the promo code Locked On. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sporting action, football, basketball, boxing, horse racing. It does not matter. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Segment number two, it's on the way.
0: every day.
2: All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Kind of want to give my overall feelings about the game on Saturday. The Rams and the Raiders. The Raiders come away at the 17-16 victory. Of course, wins and losses don't matter in the preseason. Really, the wins and losses are if you're able to get out of there healthy. And the Raiders were not able to get out of the game healthy on Saturday. Javon White, undrafted free agent out of UNLV, second year in the league. He went down with what looks like a significant knee injury. That sucks. Uh, Of course, the the linebacking core already kind of banged up. Nicholas Morrow, he's got a foot injury, John Gruden talked about. Uh, That could be uh, something concerning. I really honestly think that the Raiders got to probably go out and really put that full-court press on K.J. Wright out of Seattle, try to get him into the mix, because if not, we've talked about it before. You know, the Raiders, they look good, and this kind of goes ties all in together with this segment anyway. They look good with their first string. They look good with their backups, but I'll tell you the depth that they really need to navigate through a 17-game season, the Raiders do not have that depth right now as far as I'm concerned it's not quite there do they have some good you know like I said early early guys yeah absolutely you know the first line guys great but man I'll tell you uh, if it gets a little bit deeper they just have not developed that depth yet and so that's something that they're going to need to do but uh, that, that, was, that was probably the most disappointing part of the game seeing Keyshawn Nixon get banged up a little bit I don't know how severe that is but they'll probably get him back of course Richie Incognito went out earlier in the week uh, with the joint practices against the Rams he's got somewhat of an issue a calf inju- injury that John Gruden said has nothing to do with the Achilles which that's great but all of a sudden if, if that offensive lineman goes down then you're looking at John Simpson you're looking at other guys and, and if you watch the game on Saturday you saw basically the third string offensive line no bueno did not look good. They were not anything to write home about, man. I mean, that was, that was a real deal problem. Of course, Marcus Mariota, he's still banged up. And I'll say this. A lot of people have asked me about Nate Peterman at said, Q, do you think he could be the number two guy? And I keep saying, no, no, no. He's not ready for that role. Well, Marcus Mariota is not available. Okay? So I think Marcus Mariota is a much better quarterback than Nate Peterman. But if he's not available then, well, what's good is he? You know, I mean, his contract right now is fully fully guaranteed because they did go back there and restructure it. He has a no-trade clause, so if he were to be traded somewhere, he would have to approve where he goes. But right now, Nate Peterman at least is showing that he's available, and that's half the battle. That's more than half the battle. So if Marcus Mariota doesn't get out there and get some action this week against San Francisco and show that he's actually available, then I'm going to start questioning what they do moving forward. You know, I mean, again, his contract is fully guaranteed, so there's really no reason to move on from him. But, I mean, he's not doing the team any good. He played in one game in 2019, uh, 2020, excuse me, because he was banged up. You know, he only played in that Week 15 game when he went in for car, and, look, he, he was needed, and he did a good job, should have won that game. But I'll tell you, man, his, his time with the Raiders have been very underwhelming because he's been banged up so much. I'm not a big Nate Peterman guy at all. I think everyone knows that. But he has been available. And what he showed me on Saturday is he's got a little bit of grit. He's got a little something-something. He's got a little something in his neck. I can give him credit for that. I don't think it was smart to dive head forward multiple times, but he did it. You know, he's out there, he's trying to compete. He's out there trying to do what he does. He was a victim of some bad plays. One ball got uh, batted down, turned into an interception, or, or, or tipped up in the air, turned into an interception. Keelan Doss let one bounce off his shoulder pads, turned into an interception. So that wasn't necessarily on Peterman. He's done okay. Is he Carr? Can he be the starter? No. But right now, he does look like he has the makeup of a guy that could be potentially a backup, especially if Marcus can't get his stuff together. So that's something to pay attention to. Now, there are some other areas of the team that I definitely want to talk about. Of course, Nate Hobbs. I mean, I could talk about Nate Hobbs in 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 great detail. I could talk three segments on Nate Hobbs because I really feel good about this young man. I think he's going to be a, a real deal player. I got a tweet the other day on, on Saturday, as a matter of fact, saying, Q, I do think the Raiders have defensive rookie of the year, but I think it's their fifth-round pick and not their second-round pick. So they're talking about Nate Hobbs starting to buy into the hype of Nate Hobbs over even Trayvon Merrick, their second-round pick. And the reason I'm sticking with Merrick. As far as the, uh, the defensive rookie of the year, I think he's going to get more opportunities to make plays. Uh, Nate Hobbs, well, he did show his versatility on Saturday, which is something that I thought was important. When Keyshawn Nixon went out, he went out and kicked outside, and he was able to play that role, came up with a big interception. If he gets on the field playing on the outside boundary, then all bets are off. Then, yeah, he can absolutely win that uh, defensive rookie of the year award, but I, I don't think he wins that job as a slot corner. But I do think he can play a major role as that slot corner. I just think that Trayvon Merrick's going to get a ton of burn uh, from that free safety position, and he's already kind of showing that he's, he, he is the real deal guy. So I'm excited about Merrick still. But uh, Hobbs, man, he, he's something to get excited about as well. You heard in segment number one John Gruden with glowing remarks about the fifth-round pick out of Illinois. So I don't even have to go into big-time details about him. Uh, I will go into big-time details about the running back position as far as the, the, the backup running back. I mean, it's, it's to me... I mean, we already know Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, that's one and 1A, right? Trey Regis, BJ Emmons, one of those two guys is going to win that third spot, in my opinion. You know, I don't know if Jalen Richard's is going to get into the game against San Francisco. I know he's down with a foot injury right now, but as far as I'm concerned, Jalen Richard is cooked. <laughs> he just really is. Trey Regis, BJ Emmons, they both show that they can play the game. It's basically going to come down to who can block the best. If they can figure out a guy who could block the best, I don't think they're even going to worry about, and this is something to think about. Jalen Richard, one of the best things he does is catch the ball in the backfield, right? Guess what? You got Kenyon Drake for that. So even if you don't want to feed Josh Jacobs the ball in the passing game, you could feed, Josh, uh, you could feed uh, Kenyon Drake the ball in the passing game. Then you could use Trey Regus or B.J. Emmons as that big body to get that, you know, that, the ugly yards, the dirty yards, third and one, fourth and one. Trey Regus for a second week in a row, gets in the end zone on a fourth and one play. I'm, I think Trey is the leader in the clubhouse right now for that third job. I think Jalen Richard is going to be that one of the cuts. I would say surprise cut, but at this point it wouldn't even be a surprise to me. But, uh, yeah, those two guys, they're showing that they can compete in a major way. Uh, another element of the game that I'm really paying attention to, and you didn't really get to see it on, on the game number two because a lot of the guys didn't play, but I'm very interested in the whole wide receiver position. Who's going to fill, uh, you know, maybe one or two more spots? I mean, of course, you have, you have Brian Edwards. You have Henry Ruggs. You have uh, Hunter Renfro. You know you got those three guys for sure. You know, where does Zay Jones fit in the mix? You know, uh, he, he's a guy to, to pay attention to. Where does Marcel Aitman fit? fit into the mix? Does he fit into the mix? You know, uh, is, is there a guy like a Dylan Stoner? Does he stick around as maybe a special teams guy? Or is he a guy who makes a practice squad? You know, I mean, there's just so many questions about what the, the Raiders could do as far as their their wide receiving core. They have a lot of young talent. What can they do with this? So that's something I'll be paying attention to for preseason game number three. But I don't think any of those positions really separated themselves in preseason game number two against the Rams uh, and as far as the defense goes I think the defense early on looked really good later on in the game it kind of showed what the defense w- was but those are those are lesser guys you know what I mean those are you we're kind of splitting hairs we're talking about third string guys four string guys guys that probably won't even make the roster I mean really if you boil it down and I haven't gone you know position by position player by player yet and I will at some point there's probably like two or three positions that are really up for grabs, and that's it. The Raiders have a roster that's pretty damn complete. And I think that that's really how it is for most teams. But they still, of course, they go through the motions of the preseason and getting these guys some burn. But, I mean, the Raiders don't have a lot of positions that are up for grabs right now. I mean, again, Nate Hobbs, I definitely believe he's beating out Lawson, not only for that starting the slot position, but basically anytime he wants to be on the field, he's, uh, he's got that spot. Lawson might not even make the squad. This might be the year that Lawson don't make the squad. And I know Keyshawn Nixon went out of the game uh, with a with a slight injury, but he's been playing really well. I'm actually excited about about what Keyshawn Nixon brings to the mix, and think he could be a player. I mean, there's there's some things to like. The whole secondary looks like it's moving around a lot better. Uh, Rasul Douglas, that's a guy I think he's on his way out. He had a taunting penalty on Saturday. I uh, wasn't a big fan of that. And I know he had a few plays that he made that were actually pretty decent, but I think Rasul Douglas is on his way out. They go, might as well go ahead and give him his pink slip. He's just not. I don't, I don't think he's got too much left in the tank and if you saw that look on Chucky's face when he got that taunting penalty, he was not too happy. Now again, to Rasul's credit, he did come back later in the game and make a few really good plays, but uh, I just. I don't think he's got too much left in the tank so I think that's the guy who's going to get released but look, on Tuesday, they got to have that roster down and, and later today, they might release uh, a few players to get down to the the 80-man roster that they have to have and then of course, after next week, they got to get down to the 53-man roster, but uh, would not be shocked to see them start making cuts today, uh, in, in in advance of tomorrow when they have to have it done by 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. But uh, I mean, it's it's nut, it's nut crunching time. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like buckle up, cuts are coming. Are you going to be a part of them, or are you going to continue to make the squad and continue to, to trek forward in, in your attempt to make the 53-man roster? But all in all, I liked what I saw from the Raiders early in the game. Later in the game, it got a little sloppy. Of course, uh, I'm glad that the Rams went for two at the end of the game because nobody wants overtime, and I know it can't go to overtime anymore, but uh, nobody wants to tie, and nobody you know wants to see any kind of overtime in preseason, so that's why they can't do that anymore. So I was glad to see the Rams go for two, and I was glad for Dallin Levitt to kind of make a decent play, at least being in coverage a couple plays in a row to not allow, uh, one, a touchdown and then the two-point conversion, uh, even though Levitt's not the guy you want to see on the field as a safety. Levitt is the guy that you want to see on the field as a special teamer and that's about it. So uh, all in all, I thought the Raiders did a good job uh, handling their business at SoFi Stadium against the Rams. Uh, a crowd that was very excited about seeing the the Raiders. It was cool to hear you know uh, uh, almost, not a 50-50 crowd, it was probably, I'd say like 60-40 uh, Rams to Raiders, 60% ra- Rams fans, 40% Raiders. Uh, There was a lot of Rams representation there. I know a lot of Raider fans aren't going to want to hear that, but it was. I mean, the Rams fans were definitely there. Uh, Now, when the Chargers, when the Raiders are playing the Chargers there, it will be 100% Raider crowd. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But the Rams, they still get respect there in L.A. So that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. We'd love to hear from you what your thoughts were on the game. Uh, You know, any guys that stood out to you in a major way, good, bad, or ugly, it is all good, 707-654-4693. Matter of fact, your calls and texts are coming straight up off that Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line next for segment number three. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about a couple of great sponsors. And the first one is Bilt Bar. I've been telling you about Bilt Bar for a very long time. Got a lot of great flavors to choose from. And I was telling you about Pistachio, right? Told you about that one. A brand new flavor. I told you it was going to be a limited time edition. It was a done deal after Sunday. Sunday was the last day, so uh, it's not available anymore. So, if you did not get your pistachio fixed yet, you're gonna have to wait till it comes around again. But right now, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, all available right now for you at builtbar.com. And you gotta check the website out early and you gotta check it out often because they do have limited time flavors all the time, just like pistachio. So, if you wanted to get your hands on that one and you studied long, you studied wrong, It's okay. It's going to come around again at some point. You just got to make sure you're paying attention. Uh, When you go to check out, Make sure you use the promo code LOCK15 because I want you to make sure you save money at the same time. You'll save 15% off your order when you check out. Of course, I've told you about the bars themselves, 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. Tastes like a candy bar, but it's a protein bar, so it's really good for you. It's real simple. BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCK15. You'll save 15% off your order when you check out. I also like to tell you about RockAuto.com, and anyone who likes to fix up their car, you know how expensive it can be. And I always go to the money because the money is what it's about. I always tell everybody, it's always about the money. It doesn't matter what kind of work you have. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It is always about the money. You never want to spend more money than you have to, right? Of course. Well, rockauto.com, they won't make you spend a whole lot of money. You'll save 30%, 50%, sometimes even more than that from a chain store or a car dealership for the same parts. All you got to do is go on the website, uh, navigate through it. It's very simple. A dummy like me can figure it out. And if I can figure it out... Anyone can figure it out. I do not like things that are complicated on the website. I like to just be able to understand it. Bada boom, bada bing. Well, that's how RockAuto.com is. And they've got every single part for every kind of car that you can ever think of right there. All you got to do is click, 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 but I mean, and you're good to go. And the parts are delivered directly to your door. Now, You've got to know what to do with it after that. That's on you. But (laughs) at the end of the day, you're going to save a whole lot of money. You're going to get the same parts that the professionals get. You're going to get it at, a matter of fact, the same price that the professionals do. So that's a good thing. only thing I ever ask you to do for me while you're there is a box that said, how would you hear about us? You say, Lockdown Raiders Podcast. That's how they know that I sent you, and I'm doing my job. Uh, Great selection, all the low prices, and every part your car is ever going to need is at one spot. That's rockauto.com. Segment number three, it's up next.
0: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts even got a tweet. Locked On Raider podcast, voicemail line 707-654-4693. Let's start things off, though, with a tweet from my guy, JRAIDER87, on Twitter, at JRAIDER87. He says, hey, Q. I'm in Vegas with the wife to celebrate our 12th year anniversary. We are currently eating at the Eiffel Tower. Any places to eat breakfast that the locals go to. Can I get a shout out on the radio or podcast to Esmeralda? It would mean a lot coming from you. If not, it's all good, brother. Thanks for what you do. Appreciate your fam. And of course, Jay, thank you for the tweet, first of all. And uh, congratulations, man. 12-year anniversary. That's awesome. I hope you and the wife uh, have a great time in Vegas. And I'm glad that you hit me up. I do appreciate that. And I'll tell you right now, I'm still kind of not a local yet. <laughs> I've only been here since, you know, early July. So I'm still trying to find my, my bearings. Anytime me and the family, we go out on the weekend, we're always, okay, where are we going to go? Where are we going to go eat? And we kind of still feel like tourists at times, but I will say one place that myself and the wife like to go eat uh, and especially breakfast, but you can get all kinds of food is, uh, is the pepper mill, go to the pepper mill, man. I think that that's a really fun place to go. Uh, and I know that locals go there, but I know that uh, tourists go there as well. Go there celebrate that. You can go take your picture. You can do all kinds of good stuff. I think it's a great place. My dad took me to the Peppermill way back in the day, and then uh, not too long ago, the last time I was in Vegas before me and the wife actually moved here, uh, we went to the Pepper Mill as well. Uh, definitely go there, man. That's that's the spot I would I would tell you to go, uh, and I think you'll have a good time. So again, Jay, appreciate you reaching out. Congratulations. Next up, I got a quick call from my guy Flavius in Indiana. He's calling to ask about the conversation I had with the betting dude from Friday's show. Here he is, Flavius in Indiana. Hey dude, it's your boy Flavius calling from Indiana. Hey, I was calling with a question that I'm surprised didn't get asked in your little interview with the sports betting guy. Is What the betting odds are on Trayvon Merrick being rookie defensive player of the year. I mean, from the highlights that I've seen from TCU and from what I've heard from you, man, he, he looks like the sky's the limit for him. I mean I, I I'm trying not to jump jump the gun, but man, that from what I've understood from all your little uh bites is that the Raiders aren't looking half bad this year and I, I don't wanna jump on the bus just yes, yet, but it, it it's happening, man. Okay. Out. Flavius, thank you so much for that call, my man. It's so funny that you mentioned that. As soon as I hung up with the dude on Friday, I was like, wait a minute. Why didn't I ask him about the defensive rookie of the year? Why didn't I ask him about Trayvon Merrick? That was the one question I didn't ask him. And I have no idea why I didn't. But I I just never did. Uh, But I still think Trey is going to be that dude. And, uh, you know, it's funny, man. It's so hard to not get too excited about what we're seeing so far in training camp and the preseason. Uh, I've said it many times. I'm trying to temper my expectations. But, Flavius, it is hard, brother. This team looks different. This team looks like it has an opportunity to be better, a lot better, matter of fact. But, again, uh, I mentioned in segment number two, the depth is not there. It really isn't. If, if the Raiders have a, a string of injuries, and you've already seen a couple, if they have a string of injuries, man, they could be in some big-time trouble. But, again, a lot of teams don't have depth. So that's just kind of you got to take that with a grain of salt. But thank you so much for that call, my man. I appreciate you. Next up is a text from Raider Black. He said, solid game last night. I think Muse and Hobbs have answered all the questions about their spot on this team. I like Koontz's push at the end of the game. In the right situation, he'll be productive this year. Now my question for Raider Nation, Derek Carr. For most, you either love him or hate him. I'm on the love side. I've seen nothing but improvements since the injury season and get back. So to those on the other side, what do you cheer for on Sundays if you're not for Carr? Do you cheer when he throws interceptions or goes three and out? Or do you sit there saying whatever when he drops a dime? I want to know what car haters cheer for on Sundays because I don't see you being a Raiders fan wishing your quarterback to fail us from Raider Black. Thank you for that text, my man. And, yeah, um... Tanner Muse, I think he's done a good job. Nate Hobbs don't have to get in that conversation. I've mentioned Koontz many times. I think he's going to provide four or five sacks over the course of the 2021 season. He's going to be a situational pass rusher, but he's got the tools to get to the quarterback. As far as the question that you have on car, and I know you're not asking me directly because you're talking to car haters. I'm not a car hater. I'm also not a car apologist. I just think he's a good quarterback who's continued to get better every year under John Gruden, which is all that really matters. I think he's got the tools to get it done, especially in this system. You need a guy that is a veteran that knows what he's doing. He's clearly a leader of this team. I mean again I haven't had this conversation I think that Raider Nation is better than this conversation uh, I respect the question from you Raider Black I don't think anyone roots for Carr to fail I just think that when something goes wrong it's easy to blame Carr if that makes sense but again that's just coming from me I'll let Raider Nation speak for themselves anyone who like you said out there is a Car hater but as far as I'm concerned this is not the conversation that we, you know we have here uh, on the regular on the Locked On Raiders podcast because we, we have way more stuff to talk about that, that this is just not that productive conversation but Again, I respect the question that you posed. So thank you so much for that. Next up, I got a call from Rahul in Seattle. He's calling to talk about preseason games and how to make them more efficient and important for everyone involved. Here he is, Rahul in Seattle.
1: Hey Q, it's Rahul from Seattle. I'm calling, uh, just driving into work on Saturday. And uh, yeah, I know, I got to work on Saturday. Anyway, you had a thought about uh, preseason games and how to make them more uh, helpful to the coaches, watchable to the fans, uh, and still something that has uh, has some value in uh, terms of, you know, a product, you know, something that the NFL says this is something that, you know, we should watch. You know, at this point, it seems now with only three games, um, that coaches are basically trying to see their first rounders, or the uh, first stringers, excuse me, uh, play against other first-stringers, but they're afraid that the guys might get hurt. So the quarterbacks are wearing red jerseys and, uh, you know, no tackling to the ground. And so why don't we just make the preseason game like a joint practice, or at least play the preseason games with the rules of a joint practice? So the quarterbacks are wearing red jerseys, they're not touched the entire game, Uh, no tackling to the ground. Uh, we can still play the game like a regular game, except we have these rules so that there's less risk of injury. That way, coaches feel more comfortable playing their ones. Uh, we can see them for longer times. You know, we can we can basically see a real game, and fans get to see, you know, what their team is actually going to be like. Because right now, we watch the game, we know we're probably never going to see Peterman, hopefully. <laughs> you know, a lot of the players, we're only getting to see individual performances of a certain key player. And if we had a, if we just had the preseason game like a joint practice where you can just sub people in and out, or you know, you just have it programmed like that, but you make it watchable. They're still wearing their uniforms, uh, except the quarterback has a red jersey on. You know, there's ways to make it so that it can be value to the coaches, to the players, to and to the fans. So, let me know what you think about that. Well,
2: there he goes, Rahul in Seattle. And thank you so much for that call, my man. I appreciate you. So treat preseason games like joint practices. Now, in theory, that makes a lot of sense. But the reason that that won't happen is because right now teams are charging regular season prices for these tickets. And if it was a glorified practice, like you mentioned, and breaking it down the way, you know, with red jerseys and not tackling to the ground and not going full speed, there would be no way that these guys should be able to charge the full price. And they shouldn't be able to charge full price now. But – I mean, it is what it is. It's always about the money. I said it earlier in the show today. I say it all the time. It's always about the money. Preseason games are only there because these teams are making money. I mean, really. Honestly, joint practices actually, and John Gruden said it earlier in the week, last week, I mean, he said it, that they get more out of that. There's a reason why you didn't see starters on Saturday. They get way more out of that than they do the preseason game. Those joint practices, teams would love to have those, but – it's always about the money. Got to make that money having those preseason games. So, uh, yeah, good stuff right there, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, got a text, and this will be the final text of the show from Emerson, texting out of North Texas. He said, what's up, Q? It's Emerson from North Texas. I got a question about the national media. Why is it that every time I read an article from a national sports outlet, they're constantly predicting the Raiders at the bottom of the AFC West and a bottom 10 team overall. We've been at or near 500 each of the last two years, and we've only added talent and maintained stability. It's just a perception that I don't fully understand. Anyway, thanks for all that you do, and congrats on getting your dream job. That's from Emerson out of North Texas. And thank you so much for the text, my man. I appreciate you, and thank you for the compliment on the job. Uh, I'll say this, man. I mean, the national media doesn't pay attention to the Raiders or other teams, as closely as we do or fans of a certain team does. And when it comes to the Raiders, uh, it's been a lot of hype. It's been a lot of, okay, this is the year. It's been John Gruden tore the team down. They're going to get to playoffs this year. I mean, there's been a lot of conversation built up. So they're just looking at it from the standpoint of, yeah, we haven't seen it yet. We, we want to wait and see. I wouldn't worry about it. That's just a perception. I think the team is a lot better than, what do they have? I think the sportsbook said six and a half wins. They're definitely a better team than six and a half wins. That's ridiculous. But also, the AFC West is a tough division. It's a very tough division. Of course, Kansas City is Kansas City. Justin Herbert, everyone thinks that he's going to be the next next best thing, you know, since Patrick Mahomes, basically. Uh, Denver, of course, there's questions there. You have no idea who's going to be the quarterback. But uh, the AFC West is a tough division. So there's a lot of different reasons why they say what they say. But honestly, Emerson, I just I wouldn't even worry about it. Just let the Raiders go out there and, and prove it on the field and get it done. I think this team is a 10-win team, no doubt about it. Minimal 10-win team, but that might not make the playoffs. They, they'll probably need at least 12 wins to make the playoffs, but we'll see how it all shakes out. So Emerson, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Still got a call from Sean in Salt Lake City. Got a text messages from Raider Blind Rage. We'll get to those on tomorrow's show. We'll have more news and notes of the day. And of course, we'll have a lot more conversation as we uh, start to turn the page. Start to look forward now. Instead of talking about the Rams game, start to look forward to uh, Sunday's preseason finale versus San Francisco 49ers in Santa Clara. Only three preseason games this, uh, this year. And of course, cutdowns. Tuesday, you gotta have the team, the roster cut down to 80, 80 men by 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So we'll talk all about that coming up on tomorrow's show. So until then, Raider Nation, as always, stay safe, do what you do. Hopefully you're enjoying the preseason, the off season, training camp, whatever you want to call it. And as always, just win, baby.